1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we will be providing all of our listeners with a timeline episode just to fill everyone in on all of the events that have been occurring Throughout the league, we thought it would be a great idea to have everything in one place for everyone to go to to get a recap of all the events occurring over really the last five days. But what feels like the longest week ever. Uh, But really quickly before we get on into it, a reminder to everyone that you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third and for extended highlights, interviews and more. We are available as video on YouTube, so head on over to youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Hit subscribe so you don't miss a single thing. Lisa, how are you doing today?
0: Um, I'm okay. I'm I'm good to be back here with you, Sandra, and um, um, I like my job, and I like being able to spread the word to people and, and make people aware of things that are happening um, even though they're not always the best, but it's good that people are informed. And that's what we're here to do. How are you? How are you holding up in this week that feels like a year?
1: I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there. I, I'm I'm right there with you in terms of the same perspectives and the same feelings on that. It's been tough uh, covering this uh, with each other and then by extension for our listeners. Uh, but it's necessary and it's important. Mm-hmm. And it's what we do here. Like you said, it's it's the job and it's a job that we both love doing. Um, and even though it's tough or has some layers to it that are painful to get through, um, I'm glad that there is a sense of community here, quite frankly, to where we can talk about all of those things. And it's a lot. It's a lot that we've been having to discover. And we've been, we've been hitting people up with reaction as news has broken, um, has been ongoing, and um, there's a ton of episodes there that folks can head on back to and take a look if they're looking for more um, reactive type things from myself or Lisa. Um, and listeners out there, you can also go and check out our, our most recent interview with The Athletic's Meg Lenahan for a deeper dive into the reporting that, that uh, she, she recently released via, via The Athletic. With We're going to go through this timeline of events. So that's what really this episode is going to be. Um, we're going to walk people through things that have been occurring try to put some dates on it, try to give people some, uh, clarity, maybe not so much perspective. Um, but let's just start right at the beginning, Lisa. Uh, we're talking about going back into last week, end of last week on Thursday, September 30th. That is when the athletic, uh, publishes the reporting done by Meg Lenahan, uh, in collaboration with Katie Strang, uh, detailing former head coach, Paul Riley of sexual coercion, um, S- telling the story of Sinead Farrelly, Manishim discusses the failure of the NWSL to protect its athletes. Uh, really traumatic piece, but a necessary piece. Um, and within all of the details of, of their experiences and trauma with then head coach Paul Riley, uh, within this coverage from The Athletic, there were over a dozen of sources who were spoken to on and off the record. Uh, Alex Morgan, uh, U.S. Women's National Team, and Orlando Price are being probably the bigger name uh, attached within that. Uh, she was within the reporting as well, uh, more, uh, as a source uh, to confirm and corroborate the information uh, and stories of Sinead Fairley and Manishim. And uh, she just went on the record in this piece. She says, as someone who wanted to be a good person and a good friend uh, to men and Sinead. and and here we are. Uh, now going back to allegations that have stemmed all the way back to to 2010
0: um the, the allegations that came out specifically in the article by the athletic and by meg uh really span two decades dating back to 2010 and over the course of three leagues which is now the league known as the NWSL and these alleg- allegations were of sexual coercion sexual misconduct um homophobia anti-lesbian rhetoric, uh, allegations that then coach Paul Riley um, was drinking excessively with players. Um, He hosted players at his private residence for days at a time, also prevented them from leaving while he was there. He called these retreats at his home in Long Island and many women, many sources stated that they were not voluntary gatherings um, and that when the players tried to leave, whether it was to go to New York for a night, to visit friends, To visit families, um, they were not allowed to leave. Um, Also, allegations of Paul Riley sending unsolicited graphic pictures of himself to players, inviting them to film sessions um, originally sometimes scheduled for his office at training facilities, and then changing the location last minute to his hotel room or even his apartment. Um, One account of of this type of situation has him opening the door and he's wearing nothing but his underwear as the player comes in for a film session. Um, Just everything from even making remarks about players weight and about their sexual orientation, pressuring these players to kiss each other and threatening grueling conditioning sessions uh, based on their actions and what they did. Just a, a number of different allegations spanning Uh, Over two decades of time and across multiple leagues, multiple leagues Um, and uh, players really saying that Paul Riley had such authority and he commanded such a presence in not only with his teams and with the front office staff that he was working for, but within the league and within the soccer community as as a whole. As a coach, he had seen a lot of success on the field, winning a lot of trophies, having a lot of credentials. He had extreme wealth which also made him a bit untouchable in the eyes of these players that they uh, they quoted in this article, players saying that he was quote like a God and it was his hierarchy that players were just trying to survive in. Um, and, and I think that's very evident in that in the article, over a dozen sources are spoken to and only three go on the record. And the other ones very understandably have a fear of, of of putting their name out there and putting their name on this for fear of repercussions whether they're still still in the soccer world or they are not but the women in the sport and in the article surrounded by Paul Riley really felt disempowered they were told to keep quiet they were um a- about disrespectful coaches mistreatment by front office staff the poor pay substandard facilities everything and it wasn't just hiding this truth but also putting on a brave face and and being smiley and happy towards the world when all of these things were happening, which is a huge aspect of this article and and all of the reports that have happened in the last week.
1: It was a a tough, tough read. We've been referring to it as a very tough and and traumatizing type of read when you're going through these actual details, uh, some of the ones that you've actually just bullet pointed. But within all of the uh details and the storytelling for for and from these players uh the article does a very good job of of really highlighting just that how so much of this is a a systematic problem um within so many of these sources even now um having that fear of not wanting to to go on record uh, for retaliation for this particular person in power um did a very good job of talking about the power dynamic and how that is a problem um, in NWSL. And it really does highlight a very specific era, eras within this article. We were talking about how it has stemmed back uh, across two leagues, two uh, leagues, going as far back to 2010, uh, but this timeline sort of kind of hitting and really coming to a head in 2015 during, uh, a season in the Portland Thorns where Sinead Farley and Manishim were now teammates, um, And in the article, uh, you know, essentially accusing the NWSL uh, of failing to protect its player, that at the end of 2015 season at the Portland Thorns, that Manishim had filed a complaint with the Thorns front office about Riley's uh, disturbing behavior, that the Thorns went ahead and investigated and then announced Riley's contract would not be renewed. Uh, Thorne's owner, Mara Paulson, uh, said the investigation found violations of uh, team policy and then decided to let Riley go. Uh, The investigation was shared with the league, but the investigation was not made public. Um, the public facing statement at the time was that the Thorns did not renew Riley's contract, that it was just simply a typical parting of ways based on poor results and ultimately wishing him <laughs> the best moving forward. Uh, and this was all due to uh, this 2015 season where the Thorns didn't have a great, a great year, uh, a pretty successful club, even at that time. So, uh, to not go ahead and make the playoffs, and so the perception of that, along with that public-facing statement, was just that was the simple reason as to why his contract was not renewed. But then five months later, Paul Riley was hired by the then the Western New York Flash, um, and the later went on to become the. Relocated in newly formed North Carolina Courage and then was retained uh, for the North Carolina Courage. Um, And then it was in 2020 with Lisa Baird as the new commissioner of NWSL where the league finally had in place its first ever anti-harassment policy. Uh, So we're talking about a five-year gap in which this policy is finally established, and it's really established because players in the background advocating for it to be put into place immediately as a form of protection for themselves. So here we fast forward to April 28th of 2021, and we've got Sinead Fairley along with Alex Morgan sending emails to then-commissioner Lisa Baird expressing their concern for Paul Riley's players as he was still a current coach in the league with North Carolina courage. It asked bear to take a look into the previous investigations from 2015 from the thorns asking bear to reopen that investigation. Now that there was an actual anti-harassment policy in place, um, and Baird ultimately referring to that, saying that she's deeply concerned for player safety. Fast forwarding to a response on May 5th, following those emails to follow up with Baird, saying that the 2015 complaint was essentially closed and confirming that it was investigated to completion and that ultimately that was that.
0: The the timeline of events, it happens. Okay. What seems like a long time, but it really so quickly together. And and the the idea that Shanid and and Mana Ma, and decided to reach out once the anti harassment policy was put into place to the commissioner and say, I am deeply concerned for the player's safety, as he is still a coach in this league. I know what he did to me. They they recounted in their emails to Lisa Baird, what had happened, what the investigation entailed and why, and really detailing why they were so concerned for current players' safety. Um, so this is in May of 2021. Now, fast forward to September 30th. The article is released um, last Thursday and at early in the morning on the Eastern time zone is when this article drops. And immediately there is a response from the NWSL Players Association, the union for the players. They had a response written up. So they they knew that this article was coming and that this announcement was going to be made. Um, In this immediate release from the Players Association, they they announced and made very clear that they stand with Farley and Shim and Kaya McCullough, who made allegations earlier in the year against Washington Spirit, former head coach Richie Burke. So the Players Association stands with them. Um, They also made demands after this announcement saying that they demand the NWSL initiate an independent investigation into the allegations, uh, also giving a deadline by noon the next day, Friday, October 1st. The PA also uh, demanding that any staff accused of conduct violating current anti-harassment policy or failing to report any alleged violation be suspended immediately. And also that the NWSL disclose how Riley was hired within the NWSL after departing from another club. Uh, due to an investigation, and that's referring to the 2015 investigation with the Portland Thorns, whereas then just a few months later, he was hired again in the same league by the Flash. Um, So those responses came immediately from the Players Association after this article was made public and all the reports were made public. Um, And then on social media, you started seeing an outpouring of love and support for these players from other players in the league, former players, supporters groups. Um, And as the day went on, on September 30th, more releases came out throughout the day as clubs were able to read the article and, and make a statement publicly, most of them coming out on social media and Twitter, the Portland Thorns releasing a statement addressing their role in the situation, the NWSL releasing a statement from then Commissioner Lisa Baird saying that she was shocked and disgusted by the allegations in this article. Um, North Carolina Courage releasing a statement as well, announcing that the termination of Paul Riley immediately from his head coaching position at the Courage. Uh, US Soccer announcing that they are suspending Paul Riley's pro level coaching license. So, all of these reactions and responses coming out. W- in the same day that the article was released and all of these reports were made public.
1: It was a long 24 hours. uh, And with the players association making their statement and listing some items of demand adjacent to the reporting from the athletic, obviously that meant there were going to be some more things happening, rolling over into the following day. And that Friday, October 1st, as the timeline was had approached for these uh, demands from the players' union. The PA announced that they wouldn't be participating in matches that were going to be taking place that weekend. The games scheduled for that Friday, October first, and Saturday, October second, were going to be temporarily canceled. Uh, the statements that came out around these games, these postponement of these games from the league and from the players associations were two different statements. They were not two unified statements. So you had the league uh, announcing and addressing the postponement of the games and saying that this was done. Yes. With feedback and collaboration of the player with the players association and the PA almost somewhat uh, echoing those same things saying that then Commissioner Lisa Baird and the the NWSL uh, board worked overnight to ensure that that happened. So the primary takeaway there was that soccer was not the first thing on everyone's mind and that the weekend was going to be utilized to sort of take a step back and kind of reflect on things. Uh, Also within that same Friday and October 1st, U.S. Soccer and FIFA announced that they were conducting their own investigations into the current uh, allegations that came to light. And then late Friday night, the NWSL announced that they accepted and received the resignation from Commissioner Lisa Baird.
0: I think that was one of the... Uh, this is where the timeline really gets smushed together. Um, it relates
1: it happens, quite quickly.
0: It, it happens really, really quickly. So this is um, a- about... 36 hours after the news has broken and the article has been released and all of the the reports have been made public. Um, So this is the end of Friday. So the start of the weekend now Saturday, October 2nd. um, This is when games were supposed to be played. Portland Thorns were supposed to have a match on Saturday, and this is when fans were able to demonstrate um, their thoughts and, and show their support for the players who had suffered silently through all of this trauma. Um, so supposed to be a Thorns game, and, and the Riveters group, which is the Thorns supporters group, they they demonstrated with signs, with posters, supporting the players, um, asking for the firing of Gavin Wilkinson, who was the general manager of the Thorns. Um, they stood right in front of Providence Park, in front of the stadium, making it very publicly known. Um, they were very peaceful demonstrations, but I, I think the message and their signs and their shirts asking and demanding for things and standing right in front of the stadium were, were very vocal, very much seen not only by Gavin Wilkinson, the GM that they were asking for his removal, but also by around the league and, and around the world, because on Sunday, October 3rd, um, these demonstrations really trickled over onto the side of the men's team and the MLS. And you saw that Portland's Timbers game, there was MLS crossover and supporters uh, demonstrating their own beliefs at those games, supporting Um, Mena, Shanid, and Kaya, uh, all of the players, and and really backing them in everything that they did. Um, Sunday, the NWSL also put out another statement and another announcement saying that they are, quote, committed to the systemic transformations that need to happen in the league. Um, The NWSL announced that they had, at this point, named an executive committee to manage uh, the oversight of the league's front office operations. So now, with Lisa Baird, the commissioner, out, um, there have been three executive people placed in charge to oversee the investigation and to oversee the the hiring of a new commissioner. And that the search for a new commissioner was underway.
1: Yeah, the committee consists of Amanda Duffy from uh, Orlando Pride, Angie Long uh, from Kansas City and WSL, Sophie Savage from. Oh, all rain uh, within the statement. They announced that the, the league announced that they retained Covington and Burling to oversee these new investigations. Uh, these investigate these new op- reopened investigations, are actually going to be led by Amanda Kramer, who will be leading these investigations. Um, has ties to the Jeffrey Epstein investigation, uh, and then that rolled into. This week, with Monday, October 4th, um, with a response to all of the demonstrations taking place over the weekend from Thorns owner, Merritt Paulson. He uh, writes an open letter uh, to the public and it states uh, it basically restates his commitment to women's soccer, uh, that the organization is devastated by the abuse that uh, Manishim and Sinead Farley endured while uh, during their time at the Thorns. Um he applauds their bravery in coming forward. Um, emphasizes that there's zero tolerance for discrimination and harassment of any kind. Uh, and further details within this open letter that uh, within the hours of receiving, then uh, receiving, then coach in 2015, the 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 allegations from Manishim in 2015, they did the following. They they placed Riley on immediate suspension. They conducted an investigation that led to his eventual termination and that the club turned in those investigations to the league But they made an OPAC statement not revealing the results of the investigations to the public. Um, And in doing that was a failure on their end and a shortcoming on their end. He further lists things that the organization is currently doing right now at the moment, which also consists of providing a confidential and anonymous reporting system open dialogue with staff and players. Um, They are placing an anonymous uh, feedback uh, for fans on the website. Um, And there are also, they have also hired new lawyers to conduct uh, independent investigation into the allegations in 2015. Uh, And then at the tail end of this day on Monday, October uh, On Monday, October 4th, uh, Lisa Baird actually releases an additional statement to Sam Brock, who's a correspondent for NBC, um, making a statement saying that she actually joined the league five years after the investigation was conducted and uh, states that she was hired in, and states that Paul Riley was uh, hired in 2016 by another team. And that during her time as commissioner, she enacted uh, certain initiatives to further protect the athletes in the league, which included uh, mandatory screening and background checks, uh, protection plans for under 18 players, um, and taking credit uh, for certain things that occurred during her short time with the league uh, in regards to the anti-harassment policy. And these are a number of things that she bullet points in this statement, which we have to acknowledge really happened because players behind the scenes agitated and wanted to uh, advocate for themselves and make these things um, happen in the, in the league, which uh, it was a very, very short statement, but it doubles down on some things that come into play. uh, Not so much because uh, Baird was commissioner, but really because of the work that took place uh, behind it, uh, Today, as of this recording, Tuesday, October 5th, uh, Alex Morgan Manishim and Sinead Farley uh, were on the Today Show to discuss this story nationally. And um, it's a very short interview. It's about 10 minutes. If you are looking for it, we do have it on our Twitter at the moment. You can head on over to Attacking Third and take in uh, their Today Show interview if you've missed it. Um, Along with uh, NWSL News on October the 5th, the Washington Spirit came out with news that um, CEO Steve Baldwin has resigned. Uh, this comes after a report that 27 Washington Spirit players wrote a letter to the majority owner asking for his resignation specifically, saying we do not feel like we can recover from all that has been revealed in 2021. Under your leadership, the trust and the faith in the organization has been broken. Um, So adjacent to all of this, there is an official statement saying that Baldwin has uh, resigned, is stepping back and that uh, full authority of the club moving forward will actually fall to current club president, Ben Olson. And I guess some of the, what we can consider good news uh, coming out of this, this wild week is that the, Cell Players Association announces that the midweek matches that will be taking place on Wednesday, October the 6th, will actually move forward. Uh, but within their statement, they close saying that they will have more demands forthcoming. A
0: lot has happened, but um, the players making an announcement that they will be playing, I think, says, says a lot about what the players want out of this and they've listed their demands and they've called them to action. And now to be in in the public eye and to be able to compete um, is huge. One thing I want to kind of circle back on is the announcements made by former commissioner of the league, Lisa Baird, because on the, the day that this news broke on September 30th, uh, the league released a statement quoting Lisa Baird, where she said that she was shocked and disgusted by these allegations. Um, and and in the days after the initial report, a lot of players were, were tweeting out their responses and their support of these players. And Alex Morgan actually tweeted out emails from Sinead Farley to Lisa Baird in May of 2021, after the anti-harassment policy was put into place specifically saying this is what happened to me there was an investigation i am asking you to look into that other that investigation in 2015 and reopen it right now because he is still a coach and the fact that lisa baird came out and said i am shocked by these allegations when she has emails in her inbox um discussing these allegations and then for her to make another statement um through Sam Brock, just on Monday, October 4th, basically uh, trying to backtrack and trying to cover herself and saying, I wasn't involved when those allegations happened. I wasn't in charge of the position. It wasn't my job. I only came on in 2020. And all of this happened in 2015 and 2016. Um, Really trying to say, it's not her fault when, okay, but you were then made aware of it again in 2021. I, I think that there's, so much to unpack from this story. And even in this timeline, there's still so many things to unpack and it's really just layers and layers upon layers of what has happened. But the two biggest things that stand out to me is that it, the allegations of sexual coercion against Paul Riley and that the league failed to protect its players.
1: That's where that's, that's really, I think what we're starting, we're starting to see the transition of the, of the reaction now where a lot of that first 48 hours, it was very jarring. It was very, everyone's emotions were rightfully elevated. Um, Whatever those emotions were, whether it was feeling angry, feeling sad, feeling mad, feeling all of it, um, that that's really where things are at now. What we're starting to see on the tail end exiting this weekend, where there were no NWSL matches, where we saw demonstrations trickling over into MLS games, that 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 is where the attention is now. That to have this type of statement, as short as it is, to open it by saying that you weren't around, in 2015 and 2016, um, and then to highlight a couple of things that you're proud of during your time here, when the reaction from the public is that you knew is a problem, is part of the problem right now uh, with this league and. We're seeing that. That's the reaction that we're seeing. And That's the, players the, that the demonstrations.
0: First, and the players that came, that experienced it firsthand. It wasn't he said, she said. At this point, sending you a direct email and saying, "I experienced this. This, this is wrong, and I'm asking you for help." That is the the craziest things. Uh, can you imagine if Alex Morgan said? I wasn't there. I wasn't involved when it happened and didn't stand up for her teammates and her friends. Um, Yeah. A a lot of emotions for sure. And the story does keep unfolding, but uh, the timeline as of now is, is where we've gotten to at this point um, on Tuesday, October 5th, but uh, the games will be played this weekend announced by the players association with more demands to come. And I think at this point, the power that the players have is, necessary, necessary for the league to, to force change um, upon this league and upon ownership and upon uh, people in, in powerful positions.
1: Yeah, I think the, um, I think the next course of action is to see results. I think that's what people are going to be waiting for moving forward. Um, I think that is the general consensus that people would like to see uh, moving forward and as that timeline continues to develop, I know we'll be here, Lisa, trying to do our best to cover it, keep our listeners engaged and keep our listeners informed. I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, joining us on today's episode. Uh, If you have felt informed and if you are eager to stay up to date, some quick reminders you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. I understand that people are feeling a lot of different things. So if you have any questions, Lisa and I have a mailbag segment on Attacking Third. If you head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review, with a question, we'll answer it during our mailbag segment, and we have typically done that for the last month or so. But if you have questions or concerns uh, regarding everything that's been going on, and you would still like us to take a further dive on that, please go ahead and head on over to Apple Podcasts with a five-star review and a question, and we'll uh, take a look at those questions for you during our mailbag segment. Uh, we're also available as YouTube, so please subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash third. And with games... That means we'll be back this week with a preview and recap and more. So stay tuned. For Sancho Herrera and Lisa Gomez this was a
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.